brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. Tonight, we trudge ever forward. Um, Jose and I couldn't come to a reckoning of what we're going to do next. Um, he did point out maybe Philippians, maybe just move on to First uh, Timothy. And uh, well, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to trudge forward. The next book, uh, the next chapter, of course, is Timothy, First uh, Timothy, that is. Chapter 1, and this is set up the same way, basically, as Thessalonians, and it's crammed full of eschatology as well. So I guess that's what we're going to do, but, you know, I've got to get out of Jose because I never had a chance to ask him. I mean, he, he said, you know, I don't know. I just feel like doing, you know, uh, <laughs> either Philippians or or uh, First Timothy. So so spill the beans. Why are we doing First Timothy? Because... <clears throat> I would not have picked this of my own accord. I just, I just wouldn't have. Um, partly is because, I mean, we're talking about Timothy in the in the last books. You know, he comes up there, um, so that that kind of rang something with me. Um, partly is that there's two books also, so I'm, I'm sure there's a lot to dig into in those in those two books. You know, First and Second Timothy. So um, something with a lot of meat something for us to dig into. Um, and, and honestly, because I haven't studied Timothy in an eschatological manner. So, you know, now's a good time as any to, to, to see what it shows us. Now's a good time as any. You're, you are fantastically correct about that. Um, I normally don't, don't go into to Timothy because, well, I did just for time restraints. I mean, I always have tons to do. Um, if I'm not doing uh, biblical mechanics, uh, I have plenty of eschatology I can do. Um, of course, I just, I just finished my book. Uh, my book is, is done. It's ready to be published. Nice. Cool. So I've taken the past week and just, just, I mean, people don't realize I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning and I would 
work on my book about a half hour then. And then at lunchtime at work, I'd work about a half hour or 45 minutes. And that's basically where that book was done. It was literally done in half hour shots. Um, so all my time is consumed with that. Um, you know, here lately over the past week, people have been really drilling me about this uh, 3560 sequence and, uh, you know, where that comes up. And, and it, it, it comes up in dis disturbing places. So I'm doing those those calculations. And, and you know, that's, that's one of the things that really I have to do it. Uh, pe uh, other people, I can't have other people do that for me. Um, so that's, that's really time consuming too. But so normally I'm not going to go to the epistles for any, I mean, I know them, um, but that's really not this ministry's forte. Even though there is a lot of eschatology there, you know, normally you stick to the major and the minor prophets. That's usually what I do. Um, the only excursions outside of that is external to people's uh, Western eschatology, because, of course, no one in the West will even admit that the Psalms is, in fact, eschatology, which is exactly what it is. So when you add Psalms, you, you, you've basically taken up all my time. Um, then I spend foyers into the science aspect, uh, like Joe and I... Um, a few weeks ago, did earth changes. We did some celestial somology, so scientific things, stuff like that. So I just don't have time for the epistles. Um, so when I'm driving home, you know, you never got back with me, and I never had anything impressed upon me. Um, so, you know, we, we do with what, well, with what we've been given, right? So... I guess we're going to dive into 1 Timothy because that's what's been given to us. So, but everybody needs to get excited because there's all kinds of stuff in here. Oh, yes, there is. Um, even though this very first chapter takes you a little bit by surprise because it mentions prophecy, but nothing to do with you or I, um, which is pretty off the hook. So, I've enjoyed listening to it repeatedly today. I don't know how many times I listened to it. Uh, like I said, because I, I finished my book, I listened to it, I don't know, four or five, six times at lunch. And uh, going to work this morning, coming back home from work, uh, I listened to it. And the feel you get from it is literally the Lord our God is screaming through this book of First Timothy. You better brace yourself bad things are coming. Um, you need to get prepared for what is to come. And that screams in this first chapter. It, it screams it that these are serious warnings. You're going to have people up in the church that are massively, not only are they themselves deceived, they are massively deceiving. Um, and, you know, this is one of the strongest themes in eschatology anyway, is this, the great deception. Everybody knows about the great deception that's supposed to come. Everybody knows that. 
Well, that's what you're going to get in this first chapter of Timothy. And it makes you afraid. It makes you fear the Lord your God because what is stated of Timothy. Um, there were personal things that happened to Timothy and he was called to do this very thing. And if he is being warned that had been, you know, had his hands or had hands laid on him from his youth and this was prophesied over him and he's being told you better get ready and you better brace yourself. It makes you take stock that if Timothy was called according to this very purpose and he's being warned, we're in a world of hurt. There's something coming down the barrel that is going to catch all of us sideways. It's going to take all of us by complete surprise. So that's my opening comments. I take it that you read it or listened to it today. What what was your what was your initial thoughts on this first chapter? Yeah, I I, I got the same feeling that you did, Matthew. Um, again, God's warning us. Um, he's not he's not playing around here. He's not. Um, there's no there's no there's no riddles as far as what he's telling us that we need to do, um, how we need to act. Uh, and, and again, it's, we just keep repeating ourselves. It's the same thing that we say over and over. God lays it out plainly and he tells you and he explains these things to you. So we have no excuse. We have no excuse for not acting in the way we're supposed to. Not only because he's because of what he's promised us that that our redemption, but also because he's warned us of what is to come. And he's warned us of what's going to happen to us if we fall go to the left or to the right instead of staying on the straight and narrow so you know these kind of things are repeated um yeah i i didn't uh i didn't understand um the role that timothy is playing in this um and and what you're saying about him you know being the role he's he's playing right and yet these warnings are directly to him right when i'm when i usually when i read this i'm i'm taking it as a personal uh, letter to me. That's the way I'm reading it. But obviously, like you said, um, Timothy's being warned. So, so um, when we reread it again tonight, that's what I'm going to be paying attention to. Uh, what is God trying to tell Timothy, and what does that mean to us? So, appreciate you pointing that out. Amen. Um, and boy, it ends on a really bad note. Um, yep. <clears throat> It ends with a threat, um, and nobody talks about this threat. Um, the other day when we were thinking about doing this, I was chomping at the bit. I'm like, I really don't want to cover this because there's going to be fallout from it. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's, there's going to be fallout from what is stated. So, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I've not looked forward to doing this first chapter. Um, but hey, that's what we're called to do, so let's get to it. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I think I will start off reading. It's, we're going to do it in New American Standard Bible, the 95. 
And I think, um, you know what? I think I will just read until the Lord my God says otherwise. How about that? But opening up, you're going to hear a bunch of personal names, and you're going to want to be distracted away from the simple fact that this is to you. It's to you, and personally to you. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope, to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ, our Lord. As I urged you upon my departure for Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies, which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. For some men straying from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussion, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters with which they make confident assertions. Boy, that's a mouthful. That's pretty powerful first seven verses there. Jose, what say you? Unmute your mic. Sorry about that. <clears throat> so what, what, I, what I get out of this, this first few verses, Matthew, is what we're supposed to be focusing on. Um, too often when, when I, I'll say this for myself, when I get start, when, when I started reading the Bible, you're trying to understand everything. You're trying to put it all together. And so you go on off on a lot of rabbit trails trying to, well, the Bible's saying this, what does this mean? And so you're chasing, you're chasing that rabbit tail and you just end up chasing your own tail. Okay. And what God's saying is, look, you need to focus on love and uh, and your faith, right? Being being fruitful, not worrying about all these other doctrines, not trying to prove is this what we're supposed to be doing? Is that what we're supposed to be doing? You know, um, well, hey, I'm I'm this part Jewish, so I need to be doing this, or you know, uh, all these all these fables that that we tell ourselves as as Christians and believers, people that read the Bible. Focus on what what Christ told us to do, right? Focus on the Beatitudes. Focus on following the commandments. And then everything else will be revealed to you. That's 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 how you understand all the other stuff that we're trying to. We're kind of putting the cart before the horse when we're trying to understand, you know, well, hey, what is, you know, well, because because I come from this area or because I'm I'm this kind of Christian, then I need to be, I, you know, this is this is talking to me. And this Christian over here isn't doing the right thing because, you know, he's not following the law, uh, you know, 100 percent the way I am. And so, we, again, we start chasing our tails when what God's telling us is do what is right and all will be well. Right. That's that's uh, I mean, you, you've said that over and over. Um, He'll, he'll, he'll let you, the Holy Spirit can't, 
enter into you, Matthew, and instruct you if you're not doing the fruitful things first. Exactamundo. That is exactly the case. That is exactly the matter at hand. You're right. It's like trying to put the cart before the horse. Yeah. Uh, horses cannot physically push. They're not designed to push. They pull really well, but they can't push. Um, you know, how quite the simple way to put it. And you worded it in such a way that it reminded me of the prodigal son's brother. That's yeah. the important one in the story. It's not the prodigal son. <laughs> whole bunch of things happens to the prodigal son. He goes here, he goes there. That's not the important thing. The important part is at the end where his brother gets upset. And that's exactly what jumped into my mind when you said that. I don't know what it was you said, but it just made that bounce into my mind. Um, that's exactly uh, the perfect message for this first seven verses. Um, it really is, so I, I appreciate your commentary on it. And I don't think I could put it any better. Um, stick to your guns. And they're really simple. They really are very, it really is very simple to be a Christian. And it seems like to me that this, this dire warning is not to go chasing tails, not to go jumping down rabbit holes. If you do and are doing what you're supposed to do, you're right. The mysteries will be given to you. Mm -hmm. You'll you'll figure it out because the Bible loudly screams exactly what it means. And it'll say it in so many different ways. It's hard for most people to comprehend. I mean, uh, you know, I, I just mentioned this just a few minutes ago, the 3560 sequence. Um, it's there. It's all over the place. Everybody should know it. The Bible comes right out and says it. And the only way that that I can speak to those things is for the aforementioned reasons that you've already given. If I had not been doing these things, God would never have showed me anything. And it's amazing that I blurred out that that one number, 3560. There's no way you can't know what that number means. There's no way. I mean, literally two complete books of the Bible have been written dedicated to that time. One entire book is dedicated to half the number. One entire book is dedicated to the other half of that number. There's no way you can't know. But it's not the knowing that's important. It's the doing. It's the doing that's important. So that really is, uh, you, you know, when you read, uh, well, we're just coming off of, you know, Thessalonians, and we know what First Thessalonians chapter 5 come right out and told you. You know the epoch that's coming down the barrel. And God is going to have his day. Now, it just amazes me how nobody thinks that God is going to have his day, but 
oh, yes, he is going to have his day. And it's amazing that in all the eschatological texts that we have about that day, he makes himself clear. He don't give a flying rip what you know. He don't care. He has one focus on his mind. Did you do like Abraham did? Now, I say that coming off of Warfare Wednesday from last night, because there, that's really what Ephesians chapter 6 is about. It takes you back to, to Genesis and why God chose Abraham. And God is very clear. He chose Abraham. It came out of his own mouth because he would teach righteousness and justice. And if you're doing that, if you're doing righteousness and justice, that's really all he's really concerned about. He don't give a flying rip what you know. He really don't. He is concerned with how you are. That is what truly makes you a child of the promise. It's not knowing higher mathematical calculations. No, it's not. It's, did you teach the Ten Commandments and do you practice the Beatitudes? And it pretty is that simple. And when his fury comes up in his face, he really is not in the mood to discuss anything else. He wants to know what you are. And he's going to quickly come to that conclusion really quickly. So I appreciate your comments. It's just, like I said, it's burning into my mind. It brings me up the prodigal son's brother. So that being stated, uh, let's trudge forward unless you got more to say. Nope. Just, just the keyword faith, right? Doesn't matter how much you know, it's how much faith you have. So that's right. All right. Verse eight, but we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious for the ungodly, for sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers and immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. Boy, that is some powerful verses right there. Um, those four verses, well, they echo what I just said. You'll take note that it brought it up uh, right there in verse 9. The righteous person. This is what God is looking for. Righteousness and justice. And really, those two things are equated with these four verses. Now, yes, he gives us a list here. And this is contrary to most teaching today because this is absolutely contrary to any hope of there being a once saved, always saved mentality in the kingdom of heaven. Jose? Yeah, I think this is that, that process of sanctification, Matthew. The law is there to show you when you're on the wrong side of that, of that boundary when you're heading in the wrong direction. And it's that big old stop sign saying, 
this is it, it it's just puts a big old mirror in front of what you're doing and says this is who you are do you want to continue that down this path or are you going to turn around right and so i always see that as the outer boundary those ten, those ten commandments the law don't murder don't steal right don't uh don't worship false idols honor your father and mother that's that that boundary that that if you're if you're crossing that boundary you're you're in you're in dangerous territory and then i see the beatitudes as that as that the boundary to keep you from getting there you know as that inner boundary if you're following the beatitudes there's no way you ever get to that to the to the to those 10 commandments there's no way you ever get to that to that side of the law right, right. there's no way you're ever going to commit adultery if Jesus says when you lust after a woman, it's the same thing, right? There's no way you ever get to the portion of of, of lying if, if what he's you know told us about not not bearing false witness against against your brother. I mean, all these all the, the 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 beatitudes keeps you from ever getting in that danger zone, right? And so as we as we continue along that process of sanctification. You get you get a, a revulsion when it when you're approaching those sins that are discussed in the Ten Commandments, right? You get you get I don't know how to explain it, Matthew, but it's almost it's physical when 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 you think that should I lie about this? And then there's something physical that happens in your body that says this is no, I I I can't. It's like it it hurts, Matthew, you know? And where you know, where that thought enters your head to steal something. But but because we got the Holy Spirit with us right away, he's he's cutting that off, you know. And so that that's what I'm reading here is that when you get to that point to where you're you're looking at the law and trying to see, well, can I get away with this? Can I not get away with this? How how close can I come to that boundary without without breaking the law? They, yeah, they, that's uh, yeah, you're in the danger zone right there, Matthew. Well, you know. And we have a boundary even before this because Christ come right out of the gate. You know, he made it really simple for us because somebody asked him this magical question that was just the right question. And he said, I'll tell you. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm -hmm. And the second one, then he goes the next step. Then the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. Now, you can't get any more simple because you're not going to lie to anybody you love. Right. You're never going to steal from somebody that you love. No, you're not. No, you're not. You are never going to have an extramarital affair with anybody because you love that person. Not because you love your own spouse, because you love that person. And you realize that if you do, you are using them like a rag. You're, you're using them and you're taking advantage of them. On top of the simple fact, you are deceiving and betraying your spouse. So that is to say, Christ himself come right out of the gate and gave it to you in its most reduced form. If you break the Ten Commandments, it's only because you do not love God and you do not love your neighbor. That The entire law and the prophets are summed up in those two 
things. You are not going to abuse. You are not going to violate the trust of anybody that you love. And the inner boundary inside of that in the Holy of Holy is it doesn't really matter what you do to everybody else if you love God. So mm -hmm. that's your mo that's the inner sanctuaries that you love God. And if you love God, you're not going to hurt any of his children or anything he's made or cats or dogs or you, you're literally not. So that's that first holy of holies is that you love God. Then outside of that, that next protective layer is you love everybody else. So now you have two layers to absolutely prevent you from any of this, this nonsense. Right. Um, but I am just, uh, I, I've got to share this. Um, Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. I just can't get away with it. It's just resounding in, you know, in my ears. I've, I've got to read this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going back to Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. God is speaking as to why he chose Abraham. If you're a Christian, it's because of this reason right here. God comes right out and tells you why he gave the promise to Abraham. Verse 19 of Genesis chapter 18, for I have chosen him so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. 
You can't get it any better than that. You can't get it any better than that. Very simple. Very simple. Um, very simple. And that just echoes with me right there in verse 9. Realizing the fact that the law is made is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious. And, you know, I do have to, to say something here, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care what you've been taught. And what you've been taught is irrelevant. This is just one of the many lists that the Bible gives. The Bible gives many lists. No, not in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, pertaining to the types of individuals that will never inherit the kingdom of God. And this is one of those lists. Now, take note. This is extremely broad. Let me ask you something, ladies and gentlemen. Have you ever been lawless? How about rebellious? You see, you're concentrating on the big names that's here, the big titles like homosexuals. No, 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 no. You need to back up. You need to pan way out. You need to pan way out. Let me read that one more time. Lawless, rebellious, ungodly. Sinners. Unholy and profane. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about some coarse joking going on at your place of employment or your place of business. Now, I don't need to, uh, you know, corner Jose. Don't need to. I know what's come out of his mouth. I know who, what, where, when, why. I know who he is. <laughs> I know where he is. United States. <laughs> I know, you know, I literally know the five W's with Jose. Therefore, oh, yes, he has done this. Oh, yes, not only that, he's heard other people do it. And worse, he done nothing to stop them. And if you are an adult male above the age of 30 in the West, you have to, you might as well not lie about it. And in most cases, there was nothing you could do about it, even if you did, because if you did say something, it would have got you fired. So, I am pulling everybody's attention away from the big things like homosexuals. That's a very little thing here. That is the one that's easy because it's not normal. No, ladies and gentlemen, it's not normal for, pep for, for people to be homosexual or there would be no human race. So this is what this, this type of teacher does. Are you shocked that I said that? The very warning that is being received here is to stay away from the teachers that would do this very thing. And they will concentrate on what I just said instead of what was important. 
I will corner Jose on a very simple issue. So, Jose, have you ever been rebellious? Yep. Well, I'm glad I didn't have to ask your mother about it. I'm glad I didn't have yeah, to ask your dad about it. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, when you get down to the point about liars, Matthew, I mean, that condemns all of us, you know? Um Plenty, plenty of time. I mean, I'll, I'll just speak for myself. Plenty of times where I lied to try to save my butt, you know, because it was the easier way out. But you know, those uh, those lies always get found out. So, might as well just tell the truth. <laughs> but I mean, we we all we all we all fall into that category. So you can you can look at the one right in the middle. But but yeah, you're 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 not noticing that all the other ones are pointing right at you. So, you know, that's that's a pretty important lesson here. And even though it is here and there's massively, I mean, massively big ones here. I mean, people who murder their mothers and their fathers. I mean, that's that's pretty intense. That's pretty intense. But. Just just take note, ladies and gentlemen. You are included in this list. And if you practice such things, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And if someone is teaching you otherwise, if somebody is teaching you there's a catch-22, you know, Jose has said it a couple of times, you know, they look into the law to find their ways around it. That's why they look into it, is to find their ways around it. Beware of such people. You know what? You all need to start your eschatological studies right there. If it's coming out of somebody's mouth that you can be an unrighteous person and enter the kingdom of heaven, know this in your heart. They're going to get you to concentrate on the homosexuals here in this list, and they will never point out to you the unholy and the profane because that is what they are. Picking up in verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer, and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I am foremost of all. Yet for this reason, I found mercy so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. I think I'll stop right there. Jose? Um, yeah. Amen. <laughs> I mean, I know that's in the next verse, but I'll just say it right there at the end of this verse. Um 
I think it's 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 kind of like he's saying he's 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 the hardest case that shouldn't have been given any chance at all, right? But yet Jesus is demonstrating his power and his mercy to save someone like him and someone like us, okay? Um you know, I, I I'm not going to say that you know, I was a blasphemer or any of those other things, but I mean, we were we're all in the same boat when it comes to sinning. I can I can go and say this guy's sin is greater than mine, but but we all know that's not true. My sins are going to condemn me just as much as 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 Paul sins here in in this chapter, right? He would have been con- I would have been condemned just the same as him without that mercy, with without that power demonstrated by by our Lord. Um, it really, it brings to mind what God said when, when he brought the Hebrews out of, out of Egypt, right? He said he stacked the deck against them so much just so he can demonstrate how much more powerful he was than, than Pharaoh and how much more powerful he was in the gods of Egypt. Right. And, and it's, it's the same situation here. I mean, we can, we can read, in the Bible about how Paul was, what he did and, and, and how he persecuted Christians. And yet that's who the Lord chose to save. Right. Seems kind of preposterous. That, that should have been someone that God should have just turned over and just, you know, not shown in mercy, but yet he does. So that that's pretty powerful words that are said in, in those set of verses, Matthew, pretty powerful. You know, the most powerful thing that that he said in that diatribe was there in verse 12, which you and I are in that category. You know, I don't want to get too, it's already quarter after. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you and I have been put into service. Yes. And that's a pretty big mantle to bear. You and I have been put into service. And that means something. Not only that, it means something that is critically important. It's critically important. So, that's something to think about, ladies and gentlemen. You have been saved for the illicit purpose of being put into service. So, I can't stress that enough that um, even though you're not aggressively against Christ as Paul was, you've still been, been called and you've still been put into service. So I hope you're bearing fruit. I you know, you're bearing it, it's like what God says about that that lost sheep, right, Matthew? We're, we've already been saved. We're our, we're part of the ninety nine that's already in the flock. So, at that point, we're no longer important. It's that lost sheep that's that's key critical, and uh, that's who we should be focusing on in that service, like you're saying. Amen. That's kind of, that's kind of a little a blow to the ego. Because, you know, we're, we, we think we're special because Jesus loves us and he saved us. <laughs> but at, at, at that point, you know, 
um, it, like you said, now we got a job to do. So we've been saved. We get it. We understand it. Let's go to work. With that, verse 17, now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. That is the perfect cherry on top of what Jose just said. Now that we've been put into service, let's see what the Lord our God has to say. Verse 18. This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight, keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwrecked in regard with their faith. Among those are Hymenaeus and Exalander, whom I have handed over to Satan so that they will be taught not to blaspheme jose i think that's just like you said matthew the cherry on top of what, what he's been saying throughout this whole chapter um he, again it's a warning to timothy um to keep the faith to keep to keep enduring despite everything that's going on otherwise you're going to end up like these two being handed over the sa to satan um and I know we, we, we've seen that phrase in the Bible before, but it's, it, that's, that's a scary statement right there, Matthew. To have had faith and to have had a good conscience and to lose it. Um, yeah, that's, that's not a situation I want to be in. So, big warning there. Well, you have a big, a big opposite here, don't you? Uh, you have one uh, that um, you know was prophesied uh, concerning them that they were going to be a part of this massive enmity war. Maybe I said that in such a way that people didn't catch it when they read it. Let me let me go back over this in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you that by them you may fight the good fight. Once again, Timothy was put into service. Now, what is amazing to me is that most people don't realize what happened to these two that had their faith shipwrecked. You know, I wonder what Jose would do if one day he made me so mad I stated publicly that I was going to hand him over to Satan. I bet I could hear a pin drop wherever you're at right now. I mean, you do understand what this is saying, don't you, ladies and gentlemen? These were two Christians that were handed over to Satan. Oh my goodness. Is it just hitting you right now like a ton of bricks that a saint has the authority to do this? Now, 
If you thought in the past you had a hammering, you have no idea what these two fellows went through because they were being hammered by the angelic host. Now, it doesn't say what you're wanting it to say. You, your mind is wanting to reject what was just stated. But this is what was just, just stated. I have handed over to Satan so that they will be taught not to blaspheme. You can just imagine Satan's extreme glee. He was just so happy that a saint had commanded him to do this, and he actually had to do it. I wonder how many of you never knew this verse was in the Bible until just this very minute. Now, what just came out of my mouth is pretty off the hook, and it takes, you know, anybody who's a biblical scholar immediately takes them back to Job. Because um, whether anybody likes it or not, Job got a hammering from the Lord his God via Satan. Oh, yes, he did. So you could just imagine if a saint was to um, deliver into his hands two Christians for him to hammer on for a while. Jose, what's your what's your thoughts about this verse? Well, um, I, I what what strikes me is um, the NASB says it one way, but when I when I the the version I listened to was the KJV, and it uses the word warfare, which matches right up with what you're saying about Ephesians chapter six, right? And and, and it makes sense when he's turned over to Satan, that you no longer have that armor to, to back you up or, or the host, the, that to back you up, you're, you're on your own. And, um, yeah. And it's, it's like, it's like when you get caught right by the enemy and you're taken to a concentration camp by the enemy, right? You're, yep. you're on your own in there and, and, uh, and they're, they're wailing on you, Matthew, no mercy at all. No mercy. Um, you can pray to your heart's content. I hope you understood what I just said. If a saint has handed you over to Satan for discipline, discipline you shall receive. Now, I bet all the people out here listening to this that are supposed to be ex experts in spiritual warfare don't know what to do right now because they've probably never taught anybody that this can happen. Just so you all know, um, it is quite possible for you to pray, beg, plead. No one's going to listen to you. No one. 
if the saint of the living God has handed you over to the heavenly host for discipline, boy, are you in for a hammering you don't even understand. So let me make this clear. You better dot all your I's and cross all your T's when you are in the presence of the saints. Just so you know. So the next time you go visit your grandma and she wants a cup of tea, you better bring her a donut too. Just so you know. Just so you know, when you go, you might run into an old Catholic woman in a wheelchair. If she wants you to sing, you better whistle Dixie. You all need to know this. When it comes to the saints, you better dot your I's, cross your T's, and sign on the dotted line, or you're going to wind up singing. And it's going to be a tune to the sound of Satan himself, and he will hammer you, and you'll have no idea what's going on. So you all need to read the incidents where this happens in Job. Because you do understand Job was a righteous man. And you need to understand that through Christ, our authority is in the epi arano. It's in the heavenly places. That's where your authority lies. So the next time you feel like disrespecting an old saint. I don't care if it's a Baptist or Presbyterian or Episcopalian. You better hope their prayers are your way. Now, I don't have any problem telling you this right now. I know beyond any shadow of a doubt, I've been married for 30 years. I've had six children. Because people like that, I will name them by name. Grandpa Rothenberger. I am here because he prayed for me. And I won't tell you what would have happened if he would have turned his prayers around and cried out to God because of me and then handed me over to Satan for a disciplining. But oh, yes, he could have. And he knew he could have. So, of course, we're down to time to close the program again, Jose. Um, man, I never have enough time. Um, everybody needs to check those cross-references in that chapter. We didn't even get a chance to even talk about one. Well, I guess I did... Well, that's not a cross-reference here, though. Um, Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. You all need to memorize that. Because when the Lord your God has his day, and, and I'm sorry if you've been misled, God is going to have his day. On his day, that's what's going to base the outcome of that day. Is whether you are a child of Abraham, because a child of Abraham teaches righteousness and justice. 
just so you know. I mean, because when I get to the Bema seat, that's what God's going to ask me. Matthew, did you make sure that you reminded everybody what is the main qualifications for the Technon Epigen? And I'll, I'll say, yes, sir, I did twice. So now it's on you, not me. Good luck with that. Well, Jose, closing comments? No, I mean, <clears throat> again, simple chapter, but powerful. And, and that's, that's what I'm loving about the epistles so far. Nothing complicated. Um, it's just God laying it out plainly. And if you've read the rest of the Bible, it just matches up exactly with what he's told you before. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, I, I love it. <laughs> Synchronicity. Yes. All yes. right, let's pray ourselves out of this mess. Dear Heavenly Father, whom we serve through the Lord Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior, please fill us with your Holy Spirit, dear Lord, so that we might be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. I want to thank you for Maranatha Ministries, and I want to thank you for everyone who partakes in this ministry. And I pray that you get us to the next Sabbath, give us rest. I would remind you, Lord, of your own words. Please remember that mercy outweighs judgment. I pray that you provide everything the bride needs in the coming week. I pray that you provide everything so that we may live according to your purpose. I pray that you strengthen our hearts, our souls, our minds. Even as your disciples ask you right to your faith, give us faith, Lord. Give us faith. In Christ's name I pray, your Son, Father, and our Savior. Amen and amen. Amen. All right. With that, ladies and gentlemen, till next time. God bless. Godspeed. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.